Ever feel like you're doing this teaching thing alone? You don't have to be. Share Teaching is all about sharing the workload through the power of collaboration and teamwork. Together, we'll walk through all the difficult parts of teaching and learn how to streamline our processes, fine-tune our time management, and develop a more manageable workload. If that sounds like a dream come true to you, then welcome to the Shared Teaching Podcast. Let's share in the teaching to make those dreams a reality. Now here's today's Shared Teaching. Hello and welcome to the Shared Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Susan, creator behind Shared Teaching, and you are listening to episode number 71, where we're talking all about how to differentiate writing instruction. This episode comes from Sydney, who wrote in to ask me, how do I manage teaching with the gaps and the needs in the writing classroom, and especially how to intentionally plan my writing block to meet all the needs of the learners? So I thought, what a better way to answer this question than to talk about differentiation in the writing classroom. Okay. So kids and adults, as we know, vary greatly in their writing abilities, so it's no wonder that it's a really difficult subject to teach. If we use intentional planning, we can reach the diverse needs of our students during our writing block. And if you stick with me, I'm going to share with you exactly how I do it. So the first thing you want to do is you want to start with the end in mind. If you've listened to this podcast before, you know I am a big fan of backwards planning, and there is no exception here with the writing instruction. So you really need to look at your grade level standards and expectations. If you know where your students should be at the end of the year, it can help you backtrack to see what skills they will need in the beginning of the year. I also like to view a standards map that shows the grade above and the grade below as well, because that just gives me a better idea of where they're coming from and where they need to be headed to. Because if I know that, I know where my higher learners need to be instructed, because what do they need to know for next year? This is going to help me give them kind of some of those lessons So where is the writing instruction expected to be headed? And then for my lower kiddos, what should they have already learned before they came to me? What are they missing that I can look at the standards below me and kind of figure out and plug in those holes, so to speak? So if we start with what they need to learn, it's going to better figure out what they still need to know. Okay, so the next thing we want to do is identify gaps in their learning. So once we know what they are required to learn in their current grade level, it's time to identify where their gaps are. I find the easiest way to do this is to have students take a pre-assessment. I like to do one before each new unit we are starting. So I do it at the beginning of the school year, before we begin any units for writing, and then I do it before we start our narrative units, our expository units, and our opinion writing units, because each one of those styles of writing have very different things that I'm looking for. And I want to see if the kids are able to 
write according to what type of writing it is, if that makes sense. So if you're working on opinion writing, then you're going to provide your students with an opinion writing prompt the week before you start the opinion writing unit. This gives you enough time to read over what they have written and take some notes. Now pretend you have just completed your writing unit, even though you just gave the pre-assessment and you haven't even started to teach. Okay, If you look at their writing and pretend that you've just completed the writing unit, you want to see what is missing from this style of writing. Are they missing the introduction? Do they not provide an opinion statement? Maybe they don't know how to provide multiple reasons for their opinion. This is going to give you what they need in their lessons coming forward. So since you spent the time backwards planning and looking at the end expectations for your standards, you will have a clear vision of what you want their finished writing to look like. If only a small handful of students are missing a skill, this is where you will want to pull aside this group and teach a lesson or two just for them on that skill, just like you would if it was a reading group. Okay, so my secret in how to differentiate is we teach writing the way we teach reading. And many of us are amazing at teaching reading. We might have reading strategy groups. We might have skills groups. We have centers. We pull groups aside and we do guided reading groups with them. We have whole class read alouds where we are modeling our thinking as we go through texts. Why aren't we doing that with writing? It should be taught the same way you're teaching reading. Think about how many different ways we break down reading for our students. We want to start doing the same thing when we're teaching them writing. Okay, so first you started with the end in mind. You looked at the standards. You gave them a pre-assessment. Then after the pre-assessment, you have identified the gaps in their learning between what they need to know and what they actually are showing and proving in their work. So the next step after that is managing different levels in your classroom. And then the hardest thing about teaching writing is that large gap between the highest and the lowest writer in your class. And I feel like the pandemic has made the learning gaps even wider, especially with third graders and up, as they were the most affected by the onset of COVID-19. Many of you that have listened to this podcast before have heard me talk about my daughter, and she is in third grade now going into fourth grade next year, but she was the group that was affected by COVID in kindergarten. So COVID hit in the middle of her kindergarten year, and then the following year when she was in first grade, she was still online a majority of the year until a little bit more than halfway through, they said, okay, now we can open up to hybrid. So it's not the same in every state, but I use that as a gauge. So the current third graders, the fourth graders, the fifth graders, they were all hit by a grade level when COVID struck. So our kindergartners and our first graders, some of you might argue, they weren't really affected, especially our kindergartners, right? Because they weren't in school yet. First graders, not really affected either because it was the third grade group, right? In the beginning of COVID, not since, but the beginning of the pandemic, third graders. So anyone that teaches third grade knows that going forward, we're seeing those gaps and that struggle. 
until the higher-ups decide that they want to lessen the burden of what our students are expected to know in the aftermath of COVID, we will continue to have these large and widening gaps in our classroom. So what can we do about it? My first suggestion is writer's workshop. When it comes to teaching writing, I highly recommend a writer's workshop approach. If it's the beginning of the year, I would suggest not diving into teaching a writing unit right away. Rather, you're going to pre-assess your students, as we talked about just a couple minutes ago, and then you want to do a series of mini lessons based on what they should know from their previous grade, but you're going to pick lessons based on what the majority of the class is needing. And I'll talk more about that in just a second. If you're curious about what is Writer's Workshop, you can listen to episode number 39, where I talk in detail all about how I set up Writer's Workshop and what it looks like in my own classroom. Okay, so the next suggestion I have is to do a skills-based whole group mini lessons. So if most of the class is putting spaces between their words when they're writing, you would not take the time to teach that whole group. That's not a lesson most of your students need. If three-fourths of your class are forgetting to put periods on the other hand, take the time to do some fun mini lessons to the whole class on the importance of ending punctuation. Plan your whole group lessons based on how the writing skills need to progress in order to be successful at the end of your writing unit. In other words, think about what is going to build onto the next skill as you go. So to take it way back to, let's say, kindergarten, we know that students begin writing with scribbles, and then eventually there's letter-like formations and then actual letters. So what does the progression look like in your unit of study when you're doing your, let's say, fiction writing? What do you want them to start with and what do they want to finish with? So that's how I look at how I put together my writing lessons. Okay, so after you think about skills-based whole group mini lessons, you want to start doing small group conferences or just small group, small writing groups, for lack of a better term. So once most of the skill, most of the class, sorry, is getting a writing skill or lesson taught and only a few are not, it's time to begin those small groups. Teaching in small groups or pulling students for writing conferences is the best and most effective way to reach all the levels of your students. You're not going to do it if you're continuing to just teach whole class lessons. You have to build in some small groups somewhere in your writing instruction. So remember that list you made from the pre-assessment? You're going to use the list of what skills your students need and then group them with who needs the same or similar skills together. If you only have one student that has trouble beginning sentences with a capital and three students that need help with ending punctuation, then those four students would make a good group because you want to review the skill of starting with a capital while you're talking about ending punctuation, right? It makes sense to put those kids together. Now, not all groups will be an even number like the four I just mentioned. Of course, this is a fictitious example. So you we all know that in our regular classrooms, it's all very odd and even and hard to figure out who goes where when you got an odd number. But you may sometimes have to approach students one-on-one, especially if they are what I like to call an outlier. 
Now, you usually have that one student in class, and you know who I'm talking about right away when I said that. You're picturing that student, right? And they are either way ahead or way behind most of the class. These students will often need an individual conference with you in order to show growth in their writing. They might be just not getting it in the class, or they finish so quickly they're bored and they're waiting on the rest of the class to catch up. These are the ones you're going to want to pull ahead to either push or support, depending on where they're at. Okay, another way to support your different skills within your classroom is to have writing centers. Having time in your day to have your students do writing centers can provide another time to practice and improve the writing craft. If your schedule is anything like mine, which means there's barely enough time for me to have a lesson, let alone having the kids independently write, then you're going to want to provide additional time in your day for students to do a rotation through the writing center because this also gives students time to write for fun, but they're getting more practice and a lot of them don't even realize that's what you're doing to them. So for example, I use my letter writing station. So it's got cards and postcards and letters. Depending on what level students are at and what they feel most comfortable with, they can either choose to just trace a card and it's already pre-written for them on the outside and then they can just write a quick note inside or they can do a whole letter to a friend. But the point is that they're just finding authentic ways to practice their writing that gets them engaged and motivated to do more. Nobody wants to to send a letter to their friend and their friend can't even read it, right? So it's going to help them work on those skills that they need to. Okay, last but not least, my final suggestion is to do grammar and phonics warm-ups. Now, these can be alternated, such as maybe phonics on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, and grammar on Tuesdays and Thursdays. You could also do a quick grammar lesson before your whole class writing lesson, which is what I currently do in my own classroom. Some days the grammar is embedded into our regular writing lesson, and then I don't do a separate grammar lesson because I've already done it, or I will be doing it in my writing lesson. It may also be necessary to have word study groups that receive instruction outside of your writing block. I hold word study groups for a quick five to 10 minutes before I do my reading intervention groups. So each word study group meets with me once a week when I introduce their focus skill. And the way I figured out their focus skills is I gave them the words their way spelling inventory, and then I just figured out what level they were at, and I grouped them according to what I got on the words their way inventory. So I do recommend that. It is a free thing that you can Google and find a PDF copy, and then you have a teacher copy, and you have a student-friendly copy. And it's just a series of, I believe, 25 words that you dictate to the class, and then they write them down, and then you just see how their phonics patterns were and what gaps they might have in vowels or consonants or blends, and you just provide instruction on what they need. Okay, so the remaining four days, they work as a group. So remember one day I pull them and I do the quick mini lesson over what their focus is for that week. And then the remaining days, they meet as a group. So sometimes it's a large group. There might be six people in my group. Sometimes it's a smaller group. It might be three or four. It really depends on where the 
the class's scoring when I do this inventory. So they work together as a group on the skill that I've assigned, and usually it's in the form of a worksheet. Sometimes it might be a quick phonics game, but it's something that they can manage to do independently. And then I have them come up to and show it to me, and then I give it a, a quick look over, and then the next day they get a different sheet or a different activity, and we just do that throughout the week, and then I assess them on that skill using different words than they were originally tested on, and I see how well that they fared. So that's how I run my word study. And it can be tricky fitting all this in, but whether you're providing explicit grammar or phonics instruction during your writing time or reading time, it is very necessary in order to have your students' writing improve. I'm always telling parents when I have conferences or meetings that when the child's reading level goes up, so will their work in all other subject areas. So if you improve their reading, their writing should follow. So if they're having trouble with writing, look at where they're struggling with in reading and see if that doesn't correlate somehow. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Special thanks again to Sydney for giving me this topic idea, and I really hope it answered your questions um, how I'm handling these huge gaps and needs within my writing instruction in my classroom. And please stay tuned for a new episode next week. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you like your podcast episodes streamed from. Bye for now. If you've loved this show, then join me in sharing the teaching, hitting that subscribe button, and leaving us a review on iTunes so we can be found by more teachers like you who are ready to start sharing the workload. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Find new episodes each week on shareteaching.com. Thanks for listening to the Share Teaching Podcast. enjoyed this lesson or this lesson (laughs) okay that's just my little little take on it because I've heard a lot of parents this year and I teach second blame COVID on their kids inability to read or write and it really I don't think it was COVID at this part because well anyway